just by small beginnings. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to another episode on Faith and Failures. Today with me I have somebody who is, um, let's see, how many job titles do you have at the church? Uh, <laughs> he is the, if you ever watch our live stream, most of you know I'm a pastor, at, you can go to our YouTube, connect-church.com, as our website. Anything you see online, as far as video-wise, sound-wise, he's the man, he is the the authority figure. Oh, dear <laughs> Jesus, help us all. <laughs> Over the sound, and he makes everything work where I don't have to stress about it on Sunday mornings. I always ask him every Sunday after, like, how'd it go? Well, <laughs> it, it went pretty good this time, or, well, we didn't, it, it was on there. It, we had the live stream. Like, okay, well, thank you for not freaking out. Let me see it while I'm preaching. <laughs> You know, it's that whole thing about creating an atmosphere. And uh, you realize, of course, I've been at this for a long time. So you realize the little things, the facial expressions and stuff can throw the entire room because a pastor in his, the, the total look of terror on a pastor's face when something's not going right throws the congregation now they're starting to try to figure out what's going on yeah looking you know? around seeing yeah it. last not last sunday but two sundays ago somebody in our church has sciatic nerve issues yeah <laughs> and i'm preaching and i see her lay down on the side over there at the end of the the row on the front row and so i look and i'm like I cannot look twice because I'm afraid I'll bust out laughing yeah. or be completely distracted and not be able to. And so I was able to focus my eyes on the, luckily it was kind of the upper corner. So I didn't have to really yeah. worry about it too much. And I never looked over there again, never even noticed it again. So the power of uh, focus yeah, can make or break you. So you and I have talked a little bit off air about the uh, the struggles and issues. And, and one of the things that when you said, I'm ready to talk about some things. One of the things that stuck out to me that really encouraged me and it made me think was people say how things were or they give their testimony when they're already through it and they're on the other side. Mm -hmm. Rarely do you hear somebody talk about the goodness of God and the things God is doing while they're in the middle of the struggle. Yeah. And uh, that kind of... That made me think that sometimes we get so focused on getting out of it that we forget that God is in it with us, walking through it with us. And the process of pain is something we have to go through sometimes to get to that place of promise that we really prefer. That was a lot of P words. Yeah. (laughs) I told you I was a pastor. (laughs) But talk a little bit. if, If you go back as far as you want your story, I know you have a story of before you actually started going through this, how God showed you. You know, and, and, you know, it's like I was sharing with you last night at prayer. Um, I was trying to figure, you know, what what's going to be the best way to go about this? And, you know, it's funny how we can ask these kind of things, and we don't realize the Holy Spirit really is paying attention to us. You know, we, we get this mindset that the only thing God ever really cares about is whenever we're sitting our butt in the pew. Yeah. And our mind becomes so concentrated on these four walls and not who we are supposed to be outside these four walls. And I was 
at a vendor for work and we just got to talking and I was kind of, I mean, you, you know, when you're walking up to a brother, you know, there's just that air about them. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, they're carrying the presence of God, even though you're in a you know machine shop or, or a um, air compressor shop or, or whatever, you know, some kind of shop. And you, you're just like, okay, there's something special about this that resonates. Yeah. I, and yes, yeah, yesterday, this, I, like I said, this week has been one of those fun weeks. <laughs> Uh, and yesterday we ended up having a conversation that lasted probably 30, 45 minutes. And by the time it was said and done, it was also kind of ironic to me that he also is a sound man. Uh, we have a lot of similar background. We didn't realize how much we had in common. Um, but 18 years ago he was blindsided and that's the exact same. That's the exact way he put it. And, he started sharing his testimony and I started sharing mine. We were about in tears by the time we got out of there. And, um, but our thing is, is oftentimes, like I told you, you know, I guess it's been a couple of weeks ago now and God's not, I was in prayer a couple of weeks ago and, um, here, here at the church and, I, I I keep forgetting we're not on video, so people don't even know where we're sitting. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm actually about ten fifteen feet from where he spoke this to me, but he says you're not going to get out of this season until you start talking about it. Hmm. Because I, there's too many people that they hear the testimony on the other side, yeah, but they need the hope for where they are right now. And I was it was kind of sobering to be honest with you. Um. Sobering because there's people that I uh, encounter, people that I deal with, um, and then I look back at myself and I realize, you know, had I had somebody who was willing to say, look, I'm there now. It's not about I made it a couple years ago and now everything's in hindsight telling you it's rosy and good. No, yeah. I'm I'm here now and I'm telling you that every day is a struggle. But I have made up my mind that I'm going to make it, That's you know. Uh, fortunately for me, because of the situation I'm in, uh, I was forced to go into counseling. And it started opening up a can of worms that you realize I'm not as good as I thought I was, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, and you realize that, you know— when you spend your whole life in certain thinking patterns, um, you create a lot of your own problems. Yeah. You don't want to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, look, don't go there. You know, put that down. Uh, stay away from those people. Not that they're bad. They're just bad for you. Yeah. You know? And um, when you, like in my case, I... I um, when you get into a situation that it could cost you your life and it, and it gets real, real quick, when life gets real, real fast, you can either just fall apart or you can fall on the rock, yeah. you know? And what makes it rough is in the church growing up, you know, I was born and raised in the church. I, and I don't joke when I say this, I'm dead serious. My parents lived behind the sanctuary when I was born. So our mobile home that we we lived in 
was literally backed up to the sanctuary on church property. <laughs> okay. When I say I've been in church my whole life, I mean, from birth, yeah. I was in church my whole life. It, but it doesn't exclude me from life happening. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, kind of the same way. I mean, we, we want to say, we, we hear people say, okay, well, you know, I, yeah, I fell away. I did this. Yeah, we didn't really just fall away. Half the time we chose and we walked away. Yeah. You know, we got distracted. We allowed things in our mind. And at some point we had a wake up call to say, look, I got to take some responsibility for where I am right now. And if I don't, it's, it's, it's going to be a very dear price to pay. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk so much, you and I do. Um, but for the sake of the listeners, we can assume that we're okay until life happens. And the problem in the church, and like I said, I've grown up in the church, we have had this whole cliche that if, if we're starting to struggle or whatever, either we just need to just, you know, deal with it or just pray about it or, you know, it's very like, pushed off like nobody wants to deal with their stuff. Yeah. And the world looks in and says, if these people aren't willing to deal with their stuff, how am I supposed to come in with my stuff? And it's no wonder there's so so much judgment in the church. And, you know, I I used to be one of those people that was kind of quick to judge uh, a good church person, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're good at that. We're great at that because it's called projection. You know, as long as we can focus, somebody else is terrible. We're, you know, we don't have to deal with our own. My boo-boo don't stink. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Um and that's one thing that I'm really grateful with this, where our local body is right now, is I don't know of anybody who has that mindset anymore that's here. We had a few, and they haven't been with us in a few years, yeah. you know. Um, and so I'm grateful because there is that humility of saying, hey, we all have a terrible. And we all have, we all need each other. We all need that support. Yeah. Um. But with that, we also need to be able to say, hey, look, I'm hurting. Um, I'm not doing well today. And not be, well, you just need to pray through, brother. Yeah, but there's also some some skills that if I don't get, I'm not going to get through. You know, we can read scripture where it says, bring every thought into captivity of Christ. But if we don't know how what those thoughts are that we're supposed to be grabbing a hold of, we're up a creek. Yeah. You know, uh, stinking thinking starts out with just, uh, you know, in, in cognitive behavioral therapy, they're called thinking errors. And they can be everything from um, all or nothing. Um, one of my favorites was corrosion and cutoff. You just allow a lot of little things to keep corroding at your thoughts. And then one day some little little bit bigger thing comes through and just breaks it off and you have nothing left, you know, and you wonder what happened. Um, you know, there's actually, there's about 20, depends on which list you look at. There's anywhere between 15 and 22 separate identified thinking errors. 
and just about everybody has at least two of them that they go to all the time. And if you don't realize what they are, if you haven't taken the time to think and say, hey, look, this is this isn't right. This isn't healthy because we've grown so much thinking that way. We think it's normal and we just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And with that comes the depression. And then because oh, we're supposed to have it all together all the time. You know, especially when you're working in the church. Yeah. I mean, heaven forbid somebody that's, you know, relied on has a problem. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be a place of perfect people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> nobody's boo-boo stinks, you know. Uh, I think we're, and it may be a part of the human condition that we are very, very good at when God does something in our lives that we then, now the, the Bible says that when we ask for forgiveness, God puts that in the sea of forgetfulness, and he does not remember it. And then we try to do the same, but we're not <laughs> built to do the same. We're actually Correct. supposed to remember it, for one, to know and remember who he is, to be reminded of what he has done. And also, sometimes we try to just brush over things that really need to be detailed and handled. And instead, we just want to say, oh, well, God took care of it. It's over. Yeah. And 90% of the time, it's actually not. There's a couple uh, that I'm uh, talking with, not really counseling. They haven't they haven't asked me to yet, but I, they're trying to do things right. Mm-hmm. Their, their life has been changed drastically by God. Like their marriage is better, their kids. I mean, everything about their life, God has completely transformed and turned it around. But there's still things there that I'm telling them, you need to get, you need to get detailed on the things that were the issue or they will be later become stumbling blocks yeah. down the road because they were not resolved. They were just covered up. Well, you know, we, it, and the thing is, is we only see the fruit that people produce. Yeah. And the fruit can be picked. And for a season, there's no more of that fruit on that tree. But that tree's still there. Yeah. That the, the ability to produce that same, same fruit is still there. And unless you deal with what's producing that fruit and change the source and everything about it, you're going to get the same fruit. And that's what gets so many people is they're just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm all better. I'm not doing this no more. But they don't take the time because that's just a fruit. And they don't take the time to go back and say, okay, what is it that got me to this point of this mindset, of this habit, of this train of thought? You know, where, where is it? Why is it that I'm excusing this? And, you know, and most people don't realize that they're justifying things that are actually deadly to them and, and not just spiritually deadly, emotionally and especially emotionally deadly, but as well as even physically deadly, you know, we'll justify things and paint it up however we want. Yeah, we do this in relationships all the time. All the time. Like we 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 see things, we see what we want to see. And this is a big flaw. This is why we end up in relationships we don't like. We end up married to people that we're not satisfied with or happy with is because we see what we want to see and the things that should be red flags just like, yeah, it's kind of an orange color. Yeah. It's not really red. Uh it it'll go better. It'll be better uh once we start a family or we have kids mm-hmm. like everything'll be better or I can change him or you know what Yeah, what a <laughs> lie like, on that. It never resolves itself. Nothing yeah. ever resolves itself. Now, the spirit of God can do things, miraculous things. Well, and, and that's because things, the spirit of God will go in and sever the root. 
Yeah. You know, he'll lay the word of the, and that's the whole beautiful thing about the word of God being an, an active two edged sword that's able, and just like there in Hebrews it says, that it is able to cut and divide from the, even the bone of the marrow. Yeah. You know, um, and what's sad about it is, is I've went through a lot of this teaching from my 20s till uh, probably up and right in, into my early 40s. So 20 some years was um, a lot of this phenomenal teaching. I, I knew the information, but how's it applied to my life? Yeah. It, I still ended up getting into a, a situation. Um. And because of some other things that was going on, I did not allow, um, I justified my lingering where the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me to just get out of there. Yeah. But, you know, when we start reasoning, like I was saying last night, this is one reason why I jump on that reasoning soapbox so much because I now finally see it how much I actually will reason away what the Holy Spirit's telling me, get gone now. I think you that's know? one of our biggest problems. It, it just as a as people trying to do right in the church, we wrestle and reason with mm-hmm. sin or things that we should have nothing to do with, and it ends up trapping us. Instead of getting away from it or or being set free of it, we actually just become intertwined with it. Because we're yeah. trying to get out of it, and it just keeps wrapping around us. Instead of doing what Joseph did with the coat, and he left it, and he ran. He he said, you know what, this is not worth it. And he didn't sit there and try to wrestle with her. Right. He just ran. And uh, so I want to back up just a little bit. Now, you and I have talked about this, um, and you said, I thought, this is a big word, I thought <laughs> I knew what trust was. Oh, yeah. And then God said, Oh, really? <laughs> so if you will, like five, yeah. six years ago, oh, God kind of said that he showed you something before you saw something. If you don't mind explaining kind of yeah, that whole experience. Yeah. That um, probably about, and, and there was an incident that happened uh, June of 2017. So that that was the the event that I will refer to just as the event. Mm-hmm. Um but probably a year before that happened, um, you know, there's sometimes certain scriptures just really start hitting home. Yeah. You know, and um, the that year, probably right about a year, I, I, I don't remember exactly how long it was before then, but Proverbs 3, 5 just started like daily would not leave my mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Look out. Something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And during that same season, um, I had just remarried uh, my my son's mom. Um, and I thought everything was going good. Keyword there, thought, my own reasoning. Um, and I had some people around me that they... They would constantly ask me, are you sure? Are you sure? Are, well, of course I'm sure. You know, since then, if I have, if I see something, I don't ask anybody anymore, are you sure? Because if they wasn't sure, they wouldn't be doing it. Of course they're sure. Yeah. 
I'm not saying it's the smartest thing in the world, but they're sure. They're sure that's what they're going to do because their mind, their heart has already been set on it. But I would cry out to God coming home, and it's just like, God, something's got to change. I mean, this is not working. Something's, you know, the church situation was going, um, to say, chaotic, um, a flaming plane wreck, uh, train wreck, slow slow motion train wreck that you just can't stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've heard some of the stories from back in that time. Uh, I mean, work, church, family, everything was a wreck. And uh, I'd, I'd, I'd come across um, the same fact, and it's now the same route since I bought my new house that I drive. And um, I'd just be crying out to God, something's got to change, something's got to change. I don't ever really recommend that prayer, by the way. <laughs> um, because especially when he's already just said, trust me, trust me, trust me. And I say, God, I trust you, I trust you, I trust you. Another thing, no, you don't. Yeah, and um, <laughs> you know I trust you, and just something's got to change. And and if you leave that open ended, um, you're in for a ride. Uh, and it's probably you're not going to like it. You know, it will be effective. I promise you, he is good and quick at what he does. But you ain't going to like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he uh. Long story short, I ended up in a three-month stay um, in the county hotel. And uh, during that time, I was afforded a lot of opportunity to read, and um, as well as some other things. But, the, you know, all this time I hear this trust in the Lord. I mean, there would be times that the Holy Spirit would just drop it in my heart. Um, I mean, just... He was ham. When I say he was hammering it, I mean he was hammering it at home. You know, I thought I'm all sp- super spiritual, doing great, right? You know, <laughs> we always do. <laughs> it, yeah, we always do. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. You know, um, because I thought I trusted God. I thought I knew what trust was. I thought I knew what honesty was. Yeah. Um. And the irony of it is, is five five and a half, almost six years later. Um, I don't. I still don't trust God the way I want to. I trust Him a whole lot more than I ever have. Yeah. But now there's a hunger to trust Him more. Yeah. There's there's a brokenness of saying and being honest with myself of saying, no, I'm sure that there's a a deeper level of trust here. Because life will come when we least expect it. You know, that was, that was one promise that Jesus made that we keep, like, we don't want to even think about. But he said, in this world, in this life, you will, empirically, I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you will have trouble. Yeah. And the beauty of it is, is he didn't leave it there. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Yeah. The very thing that you're going to have trouble in, I have already overcome it, but you got to trust me. You know, and uh, I, I see people get blindsided by life, and and I've been there too. Um, and what happens is, is we we go through lesser things leading up to a big humbling experience. Yeah, and the way we handle those events, with the grumbling, the murmuring, um, acting like the children of Israel. 
Um, you know. But we're still this child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but all those little things that are supposed to help build our faith, oftentimes um, we disdain. We don't embrace. Yeah. We're 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 just happy when we're out of the struggle, when we're out of the trial. So for somebody who is who's actually you're when you say, God, I trust you, that statement has really been put to the test in your life. <laughs> yeah. So to you would maybe I know it's a, it's just a group exercise, but mm-hmm. you have those corporate ep- exercises where it's yeah. like the trust fall. Yeah. But it's not really a trust fall because that's something that happens kind of quick, but it's more of a trust step. Like just every single part of the way, there is a trust instead mm-hmm. of just something that happens all at once. It's a continual, gradual process yeah. that leads you to trust more and more. Uh, there's no greater greater way to make someone thirsty than to lead them in the desert. Right. And that's kind of the same way with trust and really actually trusting God. Uh, my wife gets, uh, she's probably going to get mad because I'm mentioning her again in the podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> I preach about her. I, I sing about her. Whatever. She's my girl, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But uh, sometimes I don't do it very often go to the negative when something mm-hmm. arises but we just found out we're pregnant right okay uh i told her maybe the first one on the podcast to say congratulations oh, even you. though i already did like a week ago when we were talking yeah uh so her first or, or so we we found out they did the test or that we did the test at home mm-hmm. uh on on the nighttime that next morning or that next day throughout the entire day three separate people one was my dad, one was my cousin, and one was Rusty, Josh's dad, mm-hmm. and said, hey, you're just on my heart today praying for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. And Jesse's like, oh, crap. <laughs> what's what's, what's going to happen? Yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And it's just funny the way two people who are best friends, me and her, yeah. that are best friends, but we have totally different, like when you receive something sometimes, you can hear the same exact uh-huh. thing. Or read the same thing, or or whatever it may be, and one of you may say, "Oh, that's a blessing," and the other one's like, "I can't believe that just happened." Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Like, if if I get delayed now, if I'm on the way to church <laughs> on a Sunday morning, and my wife and kid will not get in the car, that is very frustrating. And I I try to tell them very softly, "Please hurry. You are stressing me out before I get to church." But any other time, where there's a substantial delay on me getting somewhere. Yeah. On the way to where I was going, in that process of just driving, I I take the, a moment and I say, thank you, Lord, because there may have been some, especially if I yeah. see a wreck or something like that, that I take the time to say, thank you, God, that could have been me. Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is, is I mean, we're, we're, we talk a lot about being grateful. And oftentimes it's for the great, we're grateful for the things that God has done for us. Yeah. You know, we trust him for things, and he has done these things. The more important thing is that we're grateful and especially trusting him that he has kept us from things. Yeah. And I, that's what I, I'm mm-hmm. glad you said that because that reminded me. I told her because she was like, well, 
what you know she's kind of a little bit she i mean i think women usually worry more than guys do guys they like do. Eh, it'll be okay yeah. you know walk it off you know that type yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> put some duct tape on it it'll be fine yeah, yeah and the women are like oh my gosh everything's wrong oh my goodness but my wife is amazing but she sometimes she overthinks and worries mm-hmm. a little too much i probably underthink some things <laughs> sometimes especially well, when uh, i'm in trouble and i i got in trouble last week in a meeting i was in uh because i have this position that in I will probably always stand very firm behind it, but women are emotional. Yeah. I mean, they, their seat of operation is in their emotions. Yeah. And guys are in logic. You know, if we compartmentalize everything, we'll line it out. And if there's things, holes that are missing and eh, that'll fill in we'll be up but as long as we got the basic gist of what's going on you can put some putty in yeah it. we yeah right. uh, that all work out as long as we got the basic idea we're good there's some guys that they're extremely analytical every little detail has to be there and they usually don't live long because they're so stressed <laughs> out that they just kill over but they become the statistic yeah. they were studying <laughs> yeah exactly well you said thanking god for stuff that didn't happen i told her when i got those texts and she said oh no what you know she's mm-hmm. just kind of thinking out loud and i said well well maybe people are praying for us for things that we never have to actually face well and and on top of that um there are things that that are happening in the spirit realm, which actually is a physical realm. We just can't perceive it with our eyes or anything else. We can feel it, but we don't necessarily see it. Sometimes we'll hear it. Right. Sometimes we'll smell it. We just don't necessarily see it all the time, you know. I think or, we would be, our halos would be scared off if we could. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot more that goes on that we just have taken as part of our culture or just normal. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um. But I won't get in that right now. That 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 right there's a rabbit hole that uh, we'll save for another day. Because I've had some experiences over the years. That would, um, that would be another good episode. Yeah, it would. <laughs> I, I have some stories to tell. But um, I'm just glad I, I survived them to be able to tell the stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know the going back to the trust thing. Um, even with. And and both of those, you know, let's go. Let's take the logic of the man and the emotions of the woman. And regardless of how we want to deal with that, we still don't necessarily trust God because we're either uh, logically just using our own reasoning, saying, "Oh, it it'll be okay," you know. Yeah. Well, I've done this a hundred times before, and it ain't nothing. But you get that check in your spirit saying run forced run and you're just like oh that was for him not me so i'm good you know yeah um and we just passed it off and then we get hit by a freight train i've heard that uh at the church where we come from we had an active shooter class from one of the mm-hmm. local officers and he explained it in a way and it's so true and i never thought of it before like if we were sitting here and we hear gunshots we would be like what is that what well, our minds would immediately go to no that's not here yeah that's somewhere else when something actually could be happening and we're not acting because we're not paying attention or we're dismissing it away. And that's just the way our brain works sometimes. And I think sometimes um, when God's trying to show us something, especially if, like a lot of times when I preach, the message was for me mm-hmm. and y'all are just getting it secondhand. Right. 
And I have to receive it that way or I can't preach it with conviction. Right. And I think a lot of times God tries to show us something. He tries to direct our steps. He tries to lead us down a path of of purpose. And sometimes we dismiss the lessons or the things God's trying to show us because we think, oh, that's for somebody else. Or I, I trust God. I don't have to worry about yeah. that. Like probably people on this podcast right now, they're saying, oh, no, I trust God. You think you trust God until God says, okay, now it's time to trust me. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, you know, I made reference to the county hotel. Um, <laughs> That's the best way I think I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about perspective, baby. It's all about perspective. Um, one week before I started my, my uh, vacation there, I had an open vision of where I walked in with my uh, roommates, uh, with my mattress and everything. And in that open vision, I knew that I was now one of them for the time being, however long that time being was going to be. My life was changed. My life was over. Now, just for the listeners, if they don't understand some of your context, <laughs> what, what does it mean when you say open vision? What do you mean by that? What I mean, now this is, I, I've only had maybe three of these in my life. Okay. I was, step, I was in my shop at my house. So literally in a moment. Um, I was no longer in my shop at my house. The walls that I saw was concrete walls. I saw the beds. I saw the people. I saw vivid color. I was there. Wow. And it lasted for, I don't know, seemed like an eternity, but really only maybe five or ten seconds, and I, I was back in my shop. So that's like vision from the Bible vision. Yeah, I mean, right. that, I mean, when I say open vision, I mean there's there's times that I mentally, I, I mean, I have those kind of things all the time. Right. You know, mentally thinking it out, going through it. Yeah. Or 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 a mental picture of something. Mm -hmm. I have those all the time. But actual open vision, I'm talking like in living color. You are there. Um. That one freaked me out. I mean, I, I went into intercession. It's just like, okay, what's going on? And, and and to be honest with you, from that moment, I was just like, I was, uh, <laughs> I was on my best behavior, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, because it was just like, what in the world? How in the world could could this be? Yeah, I didn't know a time frame, but it was so real. Now that's scary. When you see something or you feel something or you know something, but you mm -hmm. don't know when. Yeah. That's like, it's like when you're at Six Flags and they take you up in the Superman ride that yeah. drops you and you're just sitting up there and you have no clue when it's about to drop. Uh -huh. You just know it's going to drop and your insides are all like, yeah, and then it happens. And to be honest with you, I've never taken that ride just because of that reason. <laughs> I've done it once and I hated it. <laughs> Jesse loves rides. Yeah. Like she's a big like yeah. ride fanatic. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll yeah. go so you don't go by yourself. <laughs> yeah. No, there, I have I have a limit on what I do, and that is on the other side of that boundary, and I'm okay. I will I will stay with the cart. I'm good. I, right. I will I will watch your stuff for you while you scream your lungs out. That Mister Freeze. I'll I, spend a hundred dollars on food. Now Mister Freeze is pretty cool. I I don't go I don't do go backwards. But going backwards, I don't do that. It really was hard. Like to me, <laughs> the the feeling of going forwards was worse than the actual feeling of going backwards. Okay. It was weird. So, quick story. A um, couple of years before the event, uh, we had a friend of our, actually it was 
quite a few years. Uh, we had a friend of ours who was um, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, she ended up passing away about mm, maybe six, eight months after this. I mean, it was we knew it was going to be her last hurrah. And so there was a big group of us. Um, some of us have been friends from back in Arizona. I mean, like her husband and I have known each other since grade school wow. kind of deal. I mean, um, just stand up people. Um, but we went to Six Flags and, you know, so there's a group of probably like, I don't know, 12, 15 of us, you know, and they're starting to, to jive me because, you know, they're, they're walking up to Mr. Freeze and I'm like, go right ahead. I will walk all the way up there to y'all, till y'all get in the, your, your car and then I'm going to make my way <laughs> on the ground out to where y'all going to come out, you know, because uh, this homeboy ain't doing that. Yeah. I know my limits. I'm good. I'm going to enjoy my day. Well, I have a friend of mine. He was actually just here last week and I, I won't embarrass him and say his name. But oh, he's probably already. As soon as I said Mister Freeze, he's probably already laughing if he didn't when he does listen to this. But you know, their their car took off. My wife and I we went on out to the exit, waiting for him. You know, and of course, those kind of rides only last forty five seconds or yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, well, next thing I know, I hear this commotion. You know, and hey, man, yo, all this shout and cuss and everything else, and I'm just watching people just. You know, like bowling pins. And here comes one of my tightest, closest friends who was just giving me the hardest time about not taking the ride, come flying around the corner and shoving his head in the trash can, getting rid of his lunch. <laughs> All these big old boys that he just bowled over like baby, I mean, like bowling pins, baby dolls. I mean, I'm talking like he cleared the house to get to that trash can. <laughs> and... Uh, they're walking by. I was like, oh, it's cool, man. You're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but hit the rest of his day, he was ruined. He couldn't ride another. I don't think, think he could uh, do a kitty ride. See? He was so jacked up. Yeah. I know my limits, baby. I ain't, I'm, when I say I ain't doing it, I ain't doing it. It pays to stick to your boundaries. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Boundaries are very important. And that's a whole nother episode we'll do sometime soon. Because, yeah. I mean, boundaries are like, they are everything. So through this whole process of your your time on vacation, uh, <laughs> uh, what was kind of the what was going through your mind as your at first you have this this open vision where you are actually there you're actually shown mm-hmm. what is going to happen or a little bit of it not the entire thing yeah. but a little bit of it just to say it's coming. Uh, what was your mindset? How did you stay? How did you keep your mind in the right place and stay with God the entire time? Because there's there's two options when you get into a situation. You either you either run from or you run to. Yeah. What was the process to keep your mind running to God and not from God? Well, there it was really easy because going back to that open vision, um, there was a gentleman that had his back turned to me facing the wall on his on his lower bunk and then everybody else was you know sitting mostly sitting on their bunks uh you know facing mm-hmm. me as I come in and what was really what really freaked me out but at the same time gave me a lot of peace in that moment is when I walked in 
And exactly how I saw that open vision, I mean, down to the smallest detail. Wow. Was it. I'm talking down to the smallest detail. Wow. And there was such a peace that came over me that God has gone before me in this. He's not surprised. He's got this. I just have to trust him. And uh, the next morning, um, I'm trying to decide if I want to use his name or not. Um, I'll just use his first name. Um, Jake called me. You know, he said, hey, you know, come over here for a second. And I'm like, all right. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is all new to me. I need all of, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Know? He said, um, man, sorry, I, I didn't say hi or anything to you last night when you first come in. But, um, you know, I'm, I just don't like dealing with new people. And um, I haven't really slept or anything in a long time. I'm probably going to tear up on this. Uh but he said, last night when you walked through the room, I heard the door open, and I felt such a peace come in this room. And I had been praying that God send somebody that can explain some stuff to me. I'm sorry that I prayed you in here, <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. Um, wow. I'm telling you what, Pastor Stephen, we, th- that three months, <sighs> that was transformative. I hadn't led anybody to Christ in years. And there I led, directly led three and a bunch of rededications. And, and I mean, just really, the guards would come up by our tank and just, just hang out because they could feel the peace in that room. <laughs> it reminds you know? me of Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I did a lot of reading. Um, I mean, I had, I don't think I ever read the word that much. And all my, because I mean, I had all the time in the world. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, but there was those three months, and that's probably one reason why I will always call it a vacation, because that was what built me up. Because what happened after that has been the hardest part. Yeah. Um, my last. My last couple of days there, um, well, actually, my last day there, um, the um, I was given a a deal that wasn't much of a deal, um, and every fiber in my body did not want to sign it. Uh, still to this day, I didn't want to sign it, and. I know you've been been in one of these type of hotels before too, so you know when I, when I talk about the all in one sink. Um, yep. I was I was propping myself up on the all in one sink, and uh, ingenious invention, by the way. It's even more ingenious some of the things that you can do with it when you <laughs> after you've been there a while. After you've been there a while, yeah. But anyways, um, the. Uh, but that soft, sweet voice just said, trust me in this. And I told him, I said, God, I can't. I thought I trusted you. But I'm having, I'm struggling. And 
He just said, just trust me. Sign it and trust me. And probably the hardest thing in my life I've ever had to do. And what made it harder was I'm fully convinced that my representative, the person who was supposed to have represented me, was trying to do me more harm than the accuser. Hmm. Um, you know, there's things in life sometimes we don't understand why. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, that's one of these things of of not waiting until I'm walking on the other side of victory to be able to say to the person right now who's in the middle of their struggle, today, I'm today right now, I'm in the middle of the struggle. Yeah. I've learned how to cope. I've learned how to put a smile on my face. I've learned how to make the best out of the situations. And it's okay to hurt. It's okay to be down. What's not okay is to lose your faith, lose your trust, and give up. So you, you've you said a little bit about it, but you hadn't said too much. Um, so I want you to kind of just as a, a little bit of an ending, how important is it when you're in the middle like this to make sure that you do not seclude yourself from people around you that you need support um but by the mercies of god coming off of that high of seeing god move during my vacation um i believe it was in october so a month after i signed that paper I attempted suicide. I was going to a church. I was doing what I knew to do. I didn't have a support system around me. If you want to, if you want to live, you better have a support system. And yet it better be a good one. Yeah. You know, I can vouch for this house. Um, because every one of us here has had our terrible. We don't judge. Yeah. We love you through it. We might be honest with you. In fact, we will be honest with you so that you don't prolong your stay in the desert place. Yeah. Because it's not always going to be like this. But if you don't have a support system that is healthy, you're going to die, and it's going to be brutal. And it's probably going to be slow and painful. And I believe this is one reason why people get so wrapped up in drugs. Because if you don't have that support, what are you going to go to to cope? Yeah. You know, what is there? You, you got alcohol, you got drugs, you got gambling, you got pornography, you got the list, and none of them are good. Yeah. And sadly, there's a lot of well-meaning church folk that are just looking to to have a project and that's equally not as good yeah but 
if you're going to make it with any any semblance of life, you have to have healthy people around you. So the support system is a must. It's a have to, uh, literally, to yeah. save your life. For you, now we we've kind of said a little bit about faith and 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 you know God showing you things and being there, but let's just. For instance, pretend like there's a listener out there who found this episode and they don't even believe God exists or they don't they don't know. Mm-hmm. How important is your faith to make it through the middle or to sustain yourself in the middle of the struggle? Well, let's go back. You you kind of touched on it. A, you know, a little bit ago, talking about purpose. Um, if you don't have hope, what are you living for? Yeah. Um, if you don't have not only hope in this life, but hope in a potential, okay, we'll, we'll go there, a potential life to come, what is there to live for? Why are morals even important at that point? Um, and on the outset, it might say, okay, you know, well, fine. You know, who needs morals anyways? But you want to be respected. You want to be have value and have worth. And that's what the God of this universe does, is he has declared a worth and a value, an identity, yeah. That is not based upon what we can do. It's not based upon our gender. It's not based upon our sexuality. It's not based upon our experiences. It's not based on anything else but who we are. And our problem is in this world right now, we are trying to find our identity in so many things mm-hmm. that are so superficial. Yeah. And then we wonder why we have such a superficial, empty life. But when we find our identity, in a relationship with Jesus Christ, someone who cared enough about us that even when we shouldn't have have a second thought, he still makes a way. Yeah. Even when there's no reason for him to be faithful towards us, he still is for his own namesake. And, you know, I know a lot of people have tried church but they haven't really tried a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Big difference. Huge difference. Um, it's the reason why. And, and the funny thing was I was I was in process to end my life in that small, still voice, that loving, still voice. Wasn't thunderous, wasn't anything else. Almost like a whisper of a thought going through my head says, you know, you're not going to be successful at this. <laughs> it's not going as planned. <laughs> I have a purpose for you, and this isn't the end. Yeah. So you can either be a really miserable and in a lot of pain, or you can go sit your butt down and let me live on you for a minute. <laughs> My situation didn't get any better. Pastor Tevin, at that time, I could not even look myself in the mirror and say that I love you or have worth. Couldn't. I tried. 
Mm-hmm. It was about about a month later. Um, I uh, I was going up forty three. I was driving for a, a logging company, and um, I was headed out to the woods to pick up a load of logs, and it was like a switch was flipped. It doesn't make sense. No, no magical moment. No, nothing else. It was just like something just, just happened. Yeah, just this. It, it was just like a switch was flipped. I'm like, and I got out to that, uh, got out to the what we call the pad, and um, I, I got out to check my CB antenna and all that, and I swung around, and looked in that mirror, and for the first time, hanging off the side of that truck, it says Howard, you have value. And I love you. And you're going to make it. But you know what? Not a single one of my situations changed. Yeah. But now I had hope. I valued myself. I came into an agreement with the value that God himself had placed on me. Yeah. And if you don't have a relationship with God, you're not going to have that that check of saying you have value that far exceeds anything that you can think of. Yeah. That's why we're trying to find our value in gender. We're trying to find our identity in gender and our job and our education. Anything to make anything. us feel like we have value. Yeah. yeah. You know, material things and, and all of our toys and our goodies. And we wonder why we're so empty and lost. Yeah. But our value comes from relationship with God himself. I've been through so many dark times in my life. And looking back at them now, they're some of my most precious times. There was a time that I I pulled, um, without going into a lot of the history of our church, um, when I say that we had some tumultuous times, it's kind of an understatement. <laughs> this but, is before I came. Yeah, yeah, way before you came. <laughs> Um, breath of fresh air. Um, but, um, uh, I remember leaving, I got to the loop in Judson Road here in Longview. And at the time I was living over in Marshall and I cussed God out all the way back till I got to the house. Wow. The entire time. Now, well, what was that about? About the church situation, that whole yeah, yeah, the whole and how he could allow it to happen, and and I got yeah. drugging. I I was accused of some stuff, you know, and on top of that, and it was, it was a mess. But I've, dude, I'll tell you what, I don't think, even in my worst heathen days, I don't think I ever cussed anybody out as bad as I did God that day. Well, and I got back to the house, slumped down in my chair. I was done. I mean, I had I had nothing but animosity towards God. Just being honest. Yeah. See, a problem is in church, we don't want to talk about the struggles. Yeah. We want to always make it sound like it's, you know, nobody ever struggles. And if you struggle, there's something wrong with you. No, it's called life. Yeah. You'll get through it. And he's not scared. And uh, I slumped down in my chair at the foot of my bed. 
And that soft, sweet, sweet voice just said, uh, are you done? <laughs> <laughs> Your tantrum's over. Are you yeah. done now? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely done. He says, come on up here. I'm like, what do you mean come up here? You know, now, mind you, I just, I knew God was real enough for me to cuss him out. Right. right. Yeah. And I'm talking, it wasn't pretty. I am a truck driver. Okay. <laughs> um, just saying. And I worked oil field. Um, the, uh, and he was a sailor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. No, let me make a sailor brush. But, um, and so I, it's like, oh, well, the only thing I need to do is sit up on my bed. Yeah, okay. Whatever. So I sat up on my bed. Well, my bed is a bed. It It's a you know, semi-solid surface, kind of cushiony, you know. There's give to it. Yeah. But it's one, you know, one thing there. Right. I sat down on that bed, and I could feel two, like, something hard going diagonal. I was not sitting diagonal on my bed. I was sitting straight in my bed. But I, it was just like how I used to sit on my dad's lap. Hmm. I broke. I broke big time. And... Uh, he said, look, I had to let it happen that way. Y'all be okay. Mm. You'll be okay. Wow. Y'all are going to make it. But there are some people that if I didn't allow this to take place, they would have been lost because of what they've been told. Wow. And that day I learned the love of our Father. And how to trust him a little bit. I'm not saying I really trusted him as much as I should. Because we don't like the struggle. We disdain the struggle. Yeah. But it's the little struggles we go through that get us ready for when we're blindsided. And we really do have to trust God. Because sooner or later, we're going to hit something. We're going to hit a wall that will do us in. I know people right now going through stuff that their whole life is upside down. Yeah. And they never expected to be in the situation where they're at. I hope they make it. I really do. One of them is a really close brother of mine that we've we've lost contact. He won't even call me back. Mm. You know, it hurts yeah. to see people struggle, but struggle is part of life, but we will make it through. And, you know, now here I am, I'm teaching class, I'm back over the sound. I'm, you know, a lot of things have been restored, but I still struggle. I still have my dark days. But I've also learned that there is a loving father who never leaves me alone. He's always faithful that when I wake up the next morning, he's right there with me. Yeah. Leading and guiding and blessing even when I'm still struggling. I'm still hurting. I still have the regrets. But I know that I'm fully convinced 
that when all this is said and done, it'll be worth it. I already start seeing it. I'm starting to see it now. Yeah. It's worth it. From the from the outsider's perspective, I know <laughs> you and I have known each other for a couple of years now. And uh well, I guess yeah, July of twenty twenty was when we come over for our first Sunday. Yeah. And uh I have not known you like I've known you in the last year. We, you know, mm-hmm. we've been lead pastors. We just passed our one-year anniversary yeah. of being voted in. But just sitting from the outside, and you've you told me some things that you've struggled with, and it just the stuff that you've had to endure, and still have a smile on your face at the end of the day. Yeah, that that's. That's God. Yeah. I uh I implore you for that. That's not everybody can do that. I can't do that. And I've watched uh you got your house, <laughs> the joy that just kind of slipped over you, the things down to the T, even to yeah. the well. Yeah. To where you pull the water from. Mm-hmm. You said your son comes over and gets some of your water because yeah. it's so good. <laughs> and you were like, just some of the just some of the details that God paid attention to that doesn't really amount to much. But God cared enough. Well, I mean, another one happened just last week. You know, um, when everything took place at the event, I lost all three of my dogs. One of those dogs I'd had for 17 years as a pup. I've been homeless twice with them. I've been through a lot with them. And uh, I had that one. I didn't, I mean, the lab was, you know, my ex-wife's. And then we had just gotten a little pit bull uh, puppy. And she was about maybe, I don't know, six, eight months old at this point when everything went down. I've always had a dog. Yeah. Until the last five and a half years. And a couple of weeks ago, our sales manager had brought a, rescued a puppy off the side of the road and brought it into the office, Came the became the office dog. And I told her that, you know, that first day, I'm like, nobody else take it, I will, you know. And sure enough, after, you know, a couple of weeks, um, or a full week, I guess. I know. I, I guess it's been about two weeks now because he's about twelve weeks old. Yeah, he's twelve weeks old now, and he was right at eight weeks when it all first started taking place. But uh, his demeanor uh, and everything is so much like Oreo. You know, that's the dog that I have for seventeen mm-hmm. years, um, and he's a pit, like Trinity that I lost that I almost. Trinity was adopted out the day before I got out. I almost got one of my dogs back. Mm. That hurt too, yeah. you know. But even down to details about him, you know. Um, I know before you came up here, didn't you say you could you take him still back to the house? I still shop take him the, to work with me. You every said day. you had to go take him to the yeah, house. <laughs> I dropped him off at the house because he'd be he'd be a terror when we're sitting there trying to. No, actually, he'd, he'd probably be calmed down and, and just chill out because he is yeah. a very chill dog. But yeah. he, he's been cooped up all day. Let him, let him run a little bit. So as we close out from 
and I say from your experience, you're still in the middle, so you haven't mm-hmm. fully experienced. But what would you say as a closing statement or, or idea or encouragement to those who are listening right now and maybe they can't see an end in sight and they feel like they're stuck in the middle? They don't have the answers they've been praying about. They don't yeah. have the resolve they've been praying about. What would you tell them? You know, just kind of on a side note, years ago on the back of my, I had a, I, I'm not one to have bumper stickers on my truck. Okay. Just, I'm just not a bumper sticker kind of person. I'll stick them other places, I, but I will not put them on my vehicles. But I did have this one and, um, it said, due to recent cutbacks, the light at the tu- end of the tunnel has been turned off. <laughs> That's pretty good. There's another quote that I saw one time that said that uh, the light at the end of the tunnel is actually a train headed at you. Um, you know, and and that just kind of goes to show some of most of my life. I've I've had a lot of disappointments. This is nothing new. Yeah. Um. But God is faithful enough to tell us kind of what's in store, what he had in mind when he formed us, when he knit us together in our mother's womb. And it would do us well that as those things, and and I've even prayed before because I started losing focus, say, God, tell me again. Yeah. But this time I'm going to be faithful to write it down. And and the reason why is there's some things that we will just forget because of the busyness of life. Yeah. But when we write it down, we can go back and revisit it and say, oh, yeah, that's right. And sometimes we're going through things that are, are um, preparing us for our our future place. Yeah. Some things are just creating the humility and the fortitude to be able to handle success. But the important thing is, is that we, we know who we are, our identity being in Christ. Yeah. First. And then second, what it is that he has purpose for us, that we can find that purpose. Yeah, that uh, that hope, mm-hmm. man, that'll carry you. And 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 if you don't know God, I I I ask you just to read a translation you understand. New Living Translation is really good. Read the Book of John. The four gospels get to know who Jesus is in his heart. And that and you you begin to realize as the story of Christ unfolds that he took the least likely people and changed the world. Yeah. Church people get real caught up in spirituality and religion and all that stuff. Like you gotta, you know, it's not our job to do that. God calls them. We just disciple them. Mm-hmm. And uh, my wife asked me, especially when we first got married, because we are best friends, but we met and married less than a year. God put in my spirit. 
that she was going to be my wife. Like I, I said it out loud. <laughs> but you needed that so that you wouldn't give up. It's true. Because she told me no several times. If you're listening, baby, I still remember. The wounds are still being healed <laughs> from all the rejection. But she asked me, she said, because she was later mid-20s. Mm-hmm. I was late 20s. She said, where were you at this whole time? I've been watching everybody else. So that was her middle. Yeah. I've been watching everybody else get blessed, find somebody, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, they're the ones that are divorced now too. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> I said, but you you weren't ready for me and I wasn't ready for you yeah. yet. And I feel sometimes we dismiss this middle part. We want to hurry and get through it and rush through it. When when this is right here, these moments, these these seasons that you're going through, that is the middle. Sometimes it feels like you're in the valley forever, but it is the process that sometimes is necessary so that you fully receive and understand the promise and your purpose. Yeah. You know, and then I don't know, we're getting ready to shut this down, but these this last five and a half years it's been so difficult um i don't regret it yeah there there are the regrets that i have and that's because there's things that i've learned these last five and a half years that i've realized i could have had a a better quality of life my entire life had Mm -hmm. i have had this information um and i've also had to get really good at forgiving myself because i only knew what i knew but this process as horrific as it is, has made me the person that I am today. Yeah. I would not trade it for anybody. I, I promise you, I don't ever want to go through it again. <laughs> want it done, baby. I'm, don't don't I'm like it too much. He may I, send you no, there twice. No, 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 no. Learn your lesson once because he don't like you going through it either. I, I, I truly believe there's things that we go through in life that God really doesn't want to see us go through, but we know he knows in, in his love for us, he knows we have to endure it. Yeah. And I'm the person who I am today because of everything that happened. And it's in the the time of the difficulties of being grateful, even being grateful for the difficulties. I used to think that was a big part of trusting God, but it's not. That's just a part of, that's just a part of accepting life. Yeah. Because it's the difficulties, it's the, you know, there's, uh, there's, I want to butcher the saying, but uh, calm seas don't make good sailors. Um, it's true. It, it is in the difficulty, it's in the uh, restraints of life, the tough places that build our character, that, that develops our humility, that hones our compassion. Um, I love people in a total different way now because of what I've been through. Um, that's one reason why I'm willing to share while I, before I've come out and I've had my great, you know, everything moment. Yeah. Because there is hope. Take it from someone who is still in the middle of it. You know, um, I'm constantly reminded that I'm still in the middle of it. <laughs> Fortunately, I'm an old hand at it, and I'm looked to for counsel because I'm still in the middle of it. Um, But our hope and our identity has to be in Christ and Christ alone. Yeah. 
Anything else is going to get burned up. It's uh, it's sobering to me that in seasons like that you're in right now that are so dark, they they're they're lonely, mm-hmm. and yet here you are in some of the first steps of God raising you up to help other people heal in ways that you've been hurt. Yeah. You know, um, and we might have to say this for another time, but I, I had a pretty rough childhood growing up. And one of my first encounters with God was that there was the home life. It sucked. There's just no other way to put it. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was a Christian house, but there was, there was a lot of pain. Yeah. And I was so, I was so frustrated. And I had written, why me, on my closet door in, in chalk. And that year I went to youth camp and, you know, it was a month or two later. And at one of the services, I was singled out in this. Um, there was a some singers from West Coast Christian College uh, that was that would go around during the summertime. Their their music department would go out and do the music for some of these youth camps out in the west uh, western U.S. And uh, this one lady singled me out and said, "Hey, God has a word for you." And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just like, whatever, you know, because <laughs> I was mad at him. Yeah. I, I've been mad at God for a long time. I just didn't want to show it, you know, because that's not the Christian thing to do. Right. And uh, he says, you've questioned, you've questioned why you so much that you've even written it on your door. She had my attention. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, she continued to say. Says God says that you've you've asked this, and the reason why is because I'm preparing you for what I have for you for your life of being able to minister. Um, some days that gives me great hope yeah. that there is a purpose. Other days, it really gives me fuel for being pissed off at God. Yeah, let's just be honest. But from someone who's been there, there is hope. And you don't have to have victory. Only when you come out the other side, you can have it today. Yeah. You can have it now. You can have it in the middle of the struggle. You can have it in the middle of the trial. You've just got to be willing to receive it. Because it, it comes down to what is your response? And nobody else can respond for you. Yeah. It's just you. Well, there ain't no better way to end it than that right there. <laughs> well, once again, Howard, thank you so much for coming on and, and shining a little light. Um, don't forget, share this podcast with somebody. If you know somebody who is struggling, if they're in the middle of it right now and uh, you can see on people's faces when they're in the middle of it 
they try to put on a brave face, but mm-hmm. you can tell something's there. Share this podcast with them. Let them know that there is hope. Even if they don't know God, there is hope. There can be peace and there can be true joy, not happiness, joy. And yep. joy is sustainable. So thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It would mean a great deal to me if you download, share, and subscribe so you can be notified every time I put out a new episode. Once again, thank you and see you next time on Faith and Failures.